In this special episode of Accountability at the Heart of Compliance, I post an executive forum on ethics and accountability that Sam Silverstein and myself put on on Thursday, October 29th, 2020. In this executive forum, we talk about how accountability not only ties to ethics and compliance, but also how it ties to the DOJ mandates as laid out in the 2019 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and the 2020 update that a compliance practitioner must assess culture, must must enhance culture, and must monitor culture, and then the requirements to do so on an ongoing basis. I know you will find this executive forum fascinating, and it really shows how accountability ties directly to your ethics and compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com or Sam Silverstein at sam at samsilverstein.com. And uh, many thanks to everyone who's joined us today. I know uh, several of the people who are on here. I met Sam about 18 months ago, and he had one of the most powerful messages that I heard for a compliance and ethics practitioner in quite some time, and it's around accountability. And so what Sam and I wanted to do is try to merge and meld what you and I have to do as compliance professionals with his message of accountability, because I think his message of accountability will allow you to take your corporate compliance program, not only to a new level, but your corporate culture to a new level and really transform your organization. So we wanted to have this first executive forum on ethics and accountability uh, Sam is going to talk to us about in a minute what is accountability and how you can use it uh, to drive your culture. I'm going to tie it to what the Department of Justice has mandated in the original 2019 evaluation of corporate compliance programs around culture in the 2020 update, uh, where they talked about how you have to assess that on literally an uh, ongoing basis for uh, continuous monitoring, continuous improvement. Uh, we're going to then switch to a series of uh, inquiries and questions that listeners and people who've signed up for this event have submitted around accountability and compliance. And then uh, we're going to take your questions near the end. We will end a, as close as we can uh, to one o'clock. So that's our agenda. Sam, uh, with that, let me pitch it back to you. And uh, could you tell us uh, what is accountability? Great. Let's jump on in and 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 do that. All right, accountability. Let's talk about accountability. Accountability and and, and part of what I want to challenge everyone today is, you know, I I want you to I really want you to think different. I want you to ask different questions of yourself. I want you to ask different questions of us. And in the time that we have, um, I want to be able to share with you a different view of what accountability really is and how it becomes incredibly powerful in driving your organizational culture and ultimately your ethics and compliance program. And so that's where we're going to go today. Um, I do want to utilize the chat window and I appreciate all the comments that you've already put in there. Hello to Aman. Hello to Buenos Aires. Hello to um, to Turkey, Simi Valley, Seattle, Richmond, Denver. Thank you all. Um, so really what I want to do is I want to start off, and if you would in the chat window, put someone down that you're accountable to. Put someone down in there that you are accountable to. Who are you accountable to? I'd love to see your thoughts on that. Who are you accountable to? Audit committee. Okay, very good. Who else? Who are you all personnel? My staff. Who else? Who are you accountable to? Accountable to our patients, uh, every employee, my family. Thank you, Jay, for sharing that. Maha, my team. Very good. Um, Therese, my MD, Irene, stakeholders, Greg, shareholders. Great. There's a difference between shareholders and stakeholders. Awesome. Executive management. Thank you, Preston. Appreciate that. Great. All right. Now, let me ask you a different question. Who are you accountable for? Who are you accountable for? Now, put that in the chat, if you would. Who are you accountable for? 
I'm accountable for myself. Very good. Myself, myself, my team and my own behavior. Thank you, Gay. Uh, my own actions from Greg. Uh, Heidi says myself. Um, Irene, populations we serve. Okay. Uh, Claudio, uh, owner of the company. Uh, purpose and values of organization. Um, that's not a who, that's a thing, but that's okay. I like your sentiment. Sylvia said the company, the employer, Tammy, to me, uh, my, and Chrisanna, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Myself and honestly, the work that is done by my team. That's not a person, that's that's an in, that's a thing. We're going to talk about that. Myself and my clients, stakeholders, accountable for the program we've created. All great stuff. Let me share this with you and let me bring clarity because this is really key in setting the foundation of what accountability is. When you are accountable to someone, they are responsible for some aspect of your well-being. They affect your life beyond the surface level. When you are accountable to someone, they are responsible for some aspect of your well-being. They affect your life beyond a surface level. And so it might be that, you know, let's say you're accountable to the CEO because certainly they affect your life beyond a surface level. As a child growing up, I was accountable to my parents. Yes, they definitely affected my life beyond a surface level. Um, they asked two things of me, clean my room clean and do my homework. Uh, yeah, I, I came through some of the time on that, but I was accountable to them. Um, and then I asked you accountable for, and let's look at that. Accountable for, when you're accountable for someone, you are responsible for some aspect of another individual's well-being. You affect their life beyond a surface level. You affect their life beyond a surface level. Um, and so, it, 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 it's the people that report to you. You have the ability to affect their life beyond a surface level. You are accountable for them. And that's really at the very core of what leadership is. It's taking the responsibility for the success of people, for their safety, for their well-being. And so accountability really drives at leadership. And there is a difference between accountable to and accountable for. Give you another example. My mother, she turns 93 today. Um, and so I should give everyone her phone number so you could all call her and wish her happy birthday. It, it, it would drive her nuts, but we're not going to go there. Um, anyway, she lives an independent living. She's in amazing shape for 93. My wife pays all her bills. Um, I manage all her assets. I've gone from being accountable to, to being accountable for. And being accountable for is really a stewardship relationship. And so with her investments, her assets, you know, if I make a mistake with mine, well, I'm not thrilled, but okay. But I cannot make a mistake with my mother's assets. They have to outlive her. I'm accountable for. Now, last little piece on this. If you're accountable to someone, that does not mean you're accountable for them. If you're accountable for someone, you are also accountable to them. And so you see that, happy 93rd birthday. I appreciate that, Claudio. You see, accountable for actually carries a higher level of significance than accountable to. And so it's important that we understand who we are accountable to and who we are accountable for. And when leadership steps up and understands that they truly are accountable for everyone in the organization, then they start to think different, they see their people different, and they make different decisions. So let's talk about what is accountability? What is accountability? Simplified, accountability is keeping your commitments to people. That's it. It's keeping your commitments to people. Now, the interesting thing is, is that we think that, that, that a commitment to show up on time, a commitment to get the report done, you know, there's tactical commitments and there's relational commitments. The tactical commitments, show up on time, get the report done. 
that's important. Your job description is a list of tactical things that you are committed to do if you're going to keep your job. But relational commitments bind people together, and this is what creates true accountability. Accountability flows from leadership first to the people. It's not the other way around. The leader that expects their people to be accountable to them, but isn't first building accountability to their people, has it backwards. You see, accountability isn't something that we use to manipulate our people to do more. We do not hold people accountable. Holding someone accountable is like putting a gun to their head. Nobody wants that. And so really how accountability works is we inspire people to be accountable. Accountability is not standing up and saying, it's my fault, it won't happen again. No, that's your responsibility. That's honesty, that's transparency. Accountability is building relationships with people and inspiring them to wanna be accountable, to want to be their best. So accountability is keeping your commitments to people. We must answer, what is a commitment? And a commitment is no matter what, that's it, no matter what. And when we're dealing with relational commitments, it's critical that they are no matter what. So what are these relational commitments? Examples, a commitment to live the values of the organization as a leader, not just asking you to live them, but I'm going to live them. And not only that, I expect everyone to live them completely and fully the same. And that means that if you're the top salesperson, you don't get a pass on the values. Everyone lives the values. So a commitment to stand by you when all hell breaks loose. That's a commitment from the leader to their people, a commitment to it's all of us. That's a commitment that says, if if you fail, I fail. If you succeed, I succeed. Too many leaders look at it the other way around. They say, if I succeed, you succeed. If I fail, you fail. That's not the way that it is. And there's 10 specific commitments that define what accountability is. And we're not going to get into all of those today, but I wanted you to have a feeling for that because accountability is keeping your commitments to people. We're not talking about the tactical commitments the tactical commitments that are spoken, like I'll get the report to you tomorrow, I'll be there at a certain time. We're talking about relational commitments that many times are unspoken. Okay, Um, last thing that I wanna share with you. I've got this picture, hopefully everyone's got this in uh, speaker view so you can see the picture full screen. And when you look at this picture, you. I was sitting in the Frankfurt airport just before the pandemic broke out and there's five airplanes there. Um, And the thing is all these airplanes are basically made by two companies. They're made by Airbus and they're made by Boeing. And they all get the jet fuel from the same place at this Frankfurt airport. They all get serviced by the same food company. Um, Everything's the same. But if I was to ask you, if you were going on a long haul flight in the chat window, The the plane up front that says Star Alliance is Lufthansa. The plane right behind it that's passing from left to right is Emirates. The plane in the middle all the way in the back facing away is United. You can't read the tail. In the back right, there's a plane with a white white plane with a red um, maple leaf. That's Air Canada. And all the way back left with the red tail is EasyJet, um, a commuter, European commuter airline. Up front, again, is Lufthansa. Right behind it is Emirates. If you were flying long haul, which airline would you want to be on? Which airline would you want to be on? In the uh, chat, real quick. Emirates, I see. Thank you, Preston. Emirates, Therese, thank you. Emirates for Michael. Wow, we we got a trend going here. Claudio, Lufthansa, Sylvia, Emirates, Emirates, Emirates or Lufthansa, Star Alliance, right, Emirates. Okay, Emirates. Let me tell you, you see, it's interesting. I asked this question to groups of people literally around the world. Many of the people that answer and answer Emirates, which is always the number one vote getter, have never even flown Emirates. So the question is, why do they want to fly Emirates? Why would you want to fly Emirates? What is it that would make you want to pick Emirates over everyone else? They have the same hardware. They have the same jet fuel. You're flying out of the same airport. Why Emirates? Put it in the chat real quick. Why reputation for service and luxury? 
Very good, Angelique. Um, quality of service. I see that, Sylvia. Thank you. All right. Where does this quality, and I've used already, great, those great double-decker planes, great, quality of service. All right. So here's the thing. Where does that service come from? Where does the service come from? And most people answer that. They say the people. And I think that they're half right. Here it is. People. See, Therese, you're people. It's people inside of a culture. The people in an organization cannot perform better than the culture that exists in that organization. The people in your organization cannot perform as a total higher than the standard that is set by the culture in your organization. So if you want to have a culture that prioritizes ethics, if you want your people to prioritize ethics and deliver a high level of ethics, it has to be prioritized in the culture because the people, by definition, for the most part, cannot outperform the culture. So we look forward. Culture. Culture is what's accepted and repeated. Culture is what's accepted and repeated. You either have a culture by design or you have a culture by default. Every organization has a culture. It's one or the other. So in your organization, you either have a culture by design or a culture by default. A culture by design is one that well, here, I'll show you real quick. And then, Tom, we're coming back to you. A culture by design. When you want to build an accountable culture, a culture that prioritizes accountability, you first design the culture. Leadership must take the responsibility to see that this is done. And the culture is designed through the values. A very specific process that we lead organizations through. But you design and define your culture through the values. Then the culture has to be modeled. That has to be modeled top down. There can be no exceptions. You have to teach the culture. This is an ongoing process that never stops. Otherwise, you have what we call culture drift. And then you have to protect the culture, which means you build relationships proactively, but when someone's not living the culture, you have to allow them to go where their behavior will be appreciated. In other words, if you allow someone to stay in your culture that is not living the culture that you designed, then it is not your culture and you celebrate the culture. And when you do all of these things, then what happens is you have the ability to build a culture by design and a culture that's very specific. And if ethics and compliance are important in your organization, they have to be designed into the culture. And when you do that and you model it and you teach it and you protect it and you celebrate it, you take your culture to another level. All right, Tom, um, that's the overview on accountability to get things started. So the uh, last slide really uh, crystallized for me why accountability is so powerful. And right before I heard Sam speak on accountability, the Department of Justice in April 2019 released their evaluation of corporate compliance programs. And they, for the first time, really focused on corporate culture. So they asked you, the compliance practitioner, what is your company's culture? What is the importance of creating a culture around compliance and ethics? They said that culture comes from the top of the organization. They said that you need to survey culture and you need to evaluate it. And from that survey and evaluation, you need to determine how to build out your culture. You need to seek input from all levels of people within your organization. And you need to uh, take steps to uh, monitor it and then enhance it through continuous improvement. And that last step really led us to the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, which came out in June of this year. And in the June update, the Department of Justice took the next steps in terms of many of the concepts that Sam talked about. So they said that you have to have uh, 
a periodic assessment of your culture, not simply to take an annual snapshot or a, a biennial snapshot of where you are, but do it almost on a continuous basis. So do you talk to your employees? How do you assess the culture? How do you determine if uh, in the age of coronavirus and COVID-19, when everyone's working from home, how do you determine if the culture is still as robust as it was? Does the information that you have obtained in this ongoing monitoring process, have you used it to improve your culture going forward? In utilizing this information, what are the improvements you've made? How specifically have you done that? And are you continuing to follow up with your employees, particularly at this point in time? And so I was extraordinarily, uh, as I said, when Sam made his speech, I saw this through the lens that we looked through it of ethics and compliance, but more importantly, culture, and then taking it up to the next level with accountability. So I see accountability as a way to specifically answer what the Department of Justice has mandated that we have to do as compliance professionals uh, over two now releases of information, the original one in 2019 and the, and the supplemental or the update in 2020. And the framework that we're going to talk about, and hopefully we'll be able to visit with you about at some point uh, in the future, allows you to do exactly what the Department of Justice says within the overall context of accountability and how that accountability, if you implement that within your organization, will literally take your organization to the next level. Uh, if I could now turn to uh, some of the questions that we have, we ask all of the attendees what were some of the key issues that they were facing, and we, we they really sort of broke down into five natural categories. So we were going to go through these questions, and Sam's going to really explain why or how accountability will help to address these. And, and the first one dealt with the current situation we're in, working from home, COVID-19, uh, diverse geographic uh, geo-regions or geo-business units. Most of the people on here, Sam, are multinationals. So they're across a country or across many countries. So how can you have accountability literally through a worldwide organization? Well, I keep getting asked this question over and over again, Tom, it's, it's, I must admit, and in working with companies and organizations around the world, I have a large bank that I'm working with right now in the Middle East and and in Thailand this past year and, and in other regions, what we've discovered really is while there are different cultures that are regional in basis, you know, the culture you could say in Saudi Arabia is different than the culture in France or in Canada or Thailand, but the organization can establish a culture that's unique to the organization. And this culture transcends the local culture. Now, I'm not saying we ignore the local culture, but if you're a multinational organization, there needs to be a well-defined culture that people are indoctrinated to when they come into the organization. And this culture is continuously taught it's, it's, it's modeled and it's reinforced. And so you have the ability to do that. And in, in the short version, you're doing that through the values of the organization. Now, we can go into the values at another time, but there are four specific areas that a set of values need to cover in their totality to be considered an amazing set of values. And they need to be understood at a deep level, literally by all employees. This defines your culture. And it, and it speaks to how you treat people, what is the foundation, the character of the organization, what is professionalism in the organization, how you commit to and contribute to the community that you operate as an organization. And as you can see, these types of elements can transcend any local or geographical culture. So the better defined the culture is, the better it's modeled and the better it's taught, then you have the ability to build an organizational culture that will work in multiple geographic areas. And we have clients that do that, that literally have hundreds of offices in, in different countries, and they're able to successfully maintain a vibrant, powerful, positive organizational culture. Sam, it looks like someone uh, may have a question. So I could just encourage you to put your questions in the chat box Great. and we'll get to them. But Sam, now let me take that to where we are today uh, as we're uh, putting on this executive forum and 
October 2020. We've all been forced to work from home. We've all been forced to work remotely. Uh, We've all had to change the pattern of our engagement with our coworkers, with our managers, with senior leadership. How can accountability, how can you maintain accountability in the current working environment we have? Well, see, accountability doesn't change. Accountability is the constant. And so that's the good news because when you when you build accountable leaders in an organization, they're better equipped to handle challenging times like this. The clients that we see that have the stronger organizational culture that actually prioritizes accountability are faring much better right now than those others that are that are trying to get back on track because the wheels have come off. And so really what it comes down to is when you understand these 10 relational commitments and when you're building a culture around them, then what happens is you are doing certain things instinctively, whether it's tough times or not, whether you have a diverse workforce or not. Remember, organizations that are spread out globally have people all over the world that they've worked to build an accountable organization. And so in a pandemic like we're facing now, it's just a similar situation. What does this mean? It means how are you seeing your people? How are you treating your people? How are you committing to your people? It's not about the tasks. It's not about the tactics. It's about the relationships. And so it means that if we are really looking at out for the best interests of our people, then we're taking that into consideration in our decisions. One of my clients told me back in March, it's business as usual. We're just working from home. And I said, you're wrong. It's not business as usual. I said, you're only half right. I said, you are working from home, but it's not business as usual because when your employees go home, guess what? They're not going home to an empty house. They're going home to a spouse potentially that is now working from home. They're going home to children who before that were in school or daycare or or not in the house. And so it's not like they're just going home, closing the door to their room and working for eight hours. And so the leader that thinks that that's the way that it is is not taking his people into account. He's not helping them thrive. What do we need to do as leaders to help our people thrive in this new environment? Maybe they need a new desk chair because they're sitting at home trying to work eight hours a day and they have a lousy chair at home. They're not in the office. Maybe they need a bigger monitor. Maybe they need ideas or help with with daycare or with teaching their children from home. Maybe they need understanding that the the billable hours in an accounting firm or a legal firm can't quite be the same or they have to be made up in different ways. And so it's about leadership, thinking about their people, not thinking about the tasks and the business. And if you think about and prioritize your people, then your people will think about and prioritize the tasks and the business of making money. Sam, we had a series of questions around the messaging of ethics and compliance, and I'm going to add now accountability from the top into the middle and down to the bottom. You've talked about accountability starting at the top, but I was wondering if in addition to that, how you how you can drive home that message of accountability literally down to the very shop floor of an organization. So, you know, we we have a, a very in-depth organizational cultural assessment that is incredibly unique because it actually measures accountability from the top to the to the shop floor. And so we know where accountability is working and where it's not. And simply put, when the culture is defined, what has to happen is it does start at the top. And a leader has to say, this is our culture and we're going to live it. And so who reports to the leader? Well, the executive committee reports to the CEO. So now they they have this expectation that is set on the executive committee. And that executive committee or, or the executives of the organization have an expectation. Not only will they live the culture, but their responsibility, they're responsible to teach the next level of leaders that's below them. And that's the expectation that the leader sets and establishes. Now, the leader that is the accountable leader is following up to make sure that this is being done. Well, then you have the the, the, the C-suite executives, if you will. They're following up with the leaders below them to make sure that they are modeling and teaching 
the culture at the level below them. And this goes on in cascades through the organization. And when you do that, you literally build a culture that prioritizes accountability all the way from the top to the shop floor. And what has to be established, Tom, is we have to establish that we are not going to let people remain in an organization who are not living our culture as we have defined it. And the organizations that do that have these amazing cultures. These are the organizations that always rank at the top 10 companies or the top 20 companies to work at. There's a reason that they are there. Sam, there's been a series of questions around cultures and values. And it seems to me this would be a great way for you to explain the components of accountability, the the 10 points that you alluded to a little bit earlier and how each of those not only tie in really to each other, but they show the relational na- relationship and relational nature of accountability. So, wow, there's only so much time in the daytime. <laughs> um, here's the thing. When we look, most leaders, t- I find a lot of leaders focus on the tactics of the organization. And tactics, look, we got to take care of the tactics, but the tactical side of the organization is literally one side. And then there's the relational side. Uh, uh, tactics and tactical commitments lead towards productivity. Productivity is good. We want productivity. Relational commitments lead to accountability. Accountability is good. We want accountability. Now, here's the thing. P- tactical commitments that connect to productivity, productivity does not yield accountability. Productivity just yields productivity. But relational commitments that go towards accountability, accountability also then produces an increase in productivity. That's why the organizations that swing their focus from the tactical side to the relational side of the business, they grow accountability and they grow productivity. So what does this look like? It looks like this. Instead of leaders focusing on the problem, leaders focus on the people. The culture is set up around people. Values are not based on things. They're based on people. And so when leadership understands the difference between policy and values, then what happens is they realize that values are about people, honoring people, serving people, doing what's right by and for people. Then what happens is they create this environment where people would never want to let their leader down. And when I don't want to let my leader down, what's going to happen? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be more diligent. I'm going to hold my myself to a higher standard, a higher level of ethics. And so what happens is when you create this this culture that prioritizes accountability, everything blossoms from that, including ethics, including communication, including teamwork, including engagement, including productivity, and ultimately including profitability. Sam, we had several people ask the specific question about does accountability or can accountability help build trust in an organization? How does accountability uh, help build trust and how can you use the accountability process that you have walked us through to continue that trust relationship? So we've seen we've seen organizations where where people are, you know, they're always looking over their shoulder. You know, they're always watching their back. And if you're looking this way, you cannot move this way with any speed or authority. Organizations that move faster, quicker, are able to achieve better results and and inevitably have greater productivity and profitability. Organizations that move slowly, well, they suffer in a lot of areas. So what happens is, when a leader is an accountable leader and people then know the leader has their back, the leader is committed to the people, then those people do not have to constantly look over their shoulder, which means they get to move forward in a much faster basis. So accountability builds trust. The leader that says, you have to earn my trust, that leader has it all wrong. 
Why would you hire someone that you don't trust? That doesn't make sense. The reality is, is the leader has to earn the trust of the people that they lead. And you earn that trust by making and keeping these 10 relational commitments that I refer to as defining accountability. So when you build accountable accountable leaders and accountable leadership at all levels of the organization, then what happens is trust goes way up. And as trust goes up, so does speed, the speed to be able to make decisions, to move forward, to implement and to make good decisions, right decisions, ethical decisions. Sam, the another series of questions was along the line of resources, both monetary and headcount. In the current economic dislocation that's been caused by the coronavirus, many compliance functions, many compliance practitioners are feeling uh, pressure uh, from just the business environment we're in. How can accountability, uh, how can you work with accountability? How can you uh, get the message of accountability throughout your organization? uh, Even if you've had to reduce headcount, you've had to reduce your resources. Well, these are challenges that that we constantly face. It's interesting. Uh, the companies that we work with that we see that accountability is is very high in those organizations. Um, they're actually thriving and they're not facing this challenge. And so, you know, I subscribe to the theory that we're we're always spiraling. The question is, are we spiraling up or are we spiraling down? Because many times when we cut resources, then we we cut our ability to do what it is that we need to do. And then it just keeps going around and around. The reality is that in some industries, it's difficult to make a sale. And I understand that. And so money does end up being tighter. But this is more, this, is, this just reinforces when you have built a very strong culture that prioritizes accountability before these situations show up. Then when you go to your people and say, you know what, we need to figure out how to tighten the screws a little bit. Everyone's on board because first of all, they trust you going back time to what we were just talking about. There's this tremendous trust and there's this loyalty and they know that leadership cares about the people. So the people are working even harder. So, that doesn't really directly answer your question. You are in a situation where your budget has been cut. So what do you do? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to assess where accountability is strong and where accountability is weak in the organization. And then we we map out a plan of how do we address those issues? How do we increase accountability through the organization based on whatever budget is in place? But we have to be able to get buy-in from leadership. It has to start at the top because if top leadership undermines the initiative to build a culture that prioritizes leadership, then it is literally impossible to do that at the best possible level throughout that organization. Sam, as you know, uh, the social justice movement has really come to the fore in 2020 in a way that we have not seen before. Many compliance professionals, many CCOs are now under pressure from their organizations to be able to respond to social justice movements or other uh, uh, issues brought by outside stakeholders uh, beyond what you and I might have thought was traditionally a compliance and ethics issue. How can accountability impact uh, a company dealing with social justice movements such as diversity, equity, and inclusion within an organization? Well, Tom, this fits hand in glove because in an organization that is truly designing a culture that prioritizes accountability, they're doing it through the values. And we look at this all the time. Remember, I said there's four specific areas that those values must connect to if they're going to be a great set of value that values that produce for that organization. And a lot of organizations have values and they say, yeah, 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 I've heard this before. But the if they allow people to stay in the organization, then those aren't there that aren't living the values, then they don't have those values. They're literally words on a piece of paper. And just because someone has values on their website doesn't mean the values are in the people. But when you have values that connect to communication and relationship, 
connect to character, that these are foundational values that define the character of the organization, that connect to how you serve your community. If they're real values, if they are really values, which means they are being lived. Because when we come into an organization, Tom, one of the questions you and I are going to ask, where are these values showing up? If there's no evidence and proof that they're showing up, they're not your values. But when you have those values well-defined, you know what you believe as an organization, those values are being lived by your team. Then the issues, Tom, that you just mentioned, those are natural naturally gravitated towards and dealt with in a way that is responsible, that attracts people who want to be a part of an organization that deals with those issues. And those organizations move on to make an impact in the in the communities that they operate. And when you build this type of culture within an organization, it positions you to attract and retain the best people. If you have the best people, you win. And that that culture becomes known in the communities that you operate. And people want to do business with you. They want to come to you. And so everything that you talked about is something that's facilitated by an organization that knows how to get it right with regards to their culture. Sam, in the compliance and ethics world, probably more compliance, uh, a key issue is always third parties or stakeholders outside the organization. Can accountability work with third parties such as those on the sales side of your organization or perhaps even those in your supply chain? Well, the way we look at accountability, when this culture is being lived properly, uh, what we're teaching is it it impacts everyone. And so that's why we look at at defining relationships internal to the organization and external. Um, You can't just, a lot of companies just look at customer service. Oh, we got to have better customer service. We got to improve customer service. Well, the reality is that you can never give your, your, your customers a greater experience than your people inside have. And it's your culture that's going to determine the experience that your people inside side have. And let me tell you, if that experience is proven to be amazing and you extend that experience to your supply chain, then what happens is you become preferred clients for your suppliers. And you know, I've I've owned businesses, I've owned a business where there was uh, there were deficiencies in the supply chain. When I owned a window and door manufacturing company, uh, there was glass shortages. Now, I don't know, maybe you're smarter than I am, Tom, um, and we've proven many times that you are, and we've proven sometimes maybe you're not, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, you can't make a window or door without glass, but yet the we never ran out of glass in those days. We never ran out of glass, and that's because those suppliers wanted to do business with us. They wanted to do business with us because of the relationships that were in place, because we had a culture that fostered accountability. Sam, there are several things that the government suggests or even mandates that you do in a compliance program. I wanted to go through a couple of these to see if they really tie into how you not only design, create, but maintain accountability within your organization. So is accountability a sort of once an annual annual training uh, per year, kind of a one and done? Uh, is it ongoing? Is it constantly communicated? How do you suggest a company not only train on accountability, but continue the discussion throughout the year? You know, as a, as a, as a runner and a former marathoner and someone that's run the Boston Marathon here in the United States multiple times, you know, I wish I could have gone out and trained once and prepared myself for that, but it doesn't work that way. Um, that training is literally seven days a week. Even when I wasn't running, I was training because it impacted my diet. It impacted my sleep. It impacted a lot of things that I did. And accountability and culture is the same way. This is a constant ongoing. If it's important to you, it's there every day. If 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 someone is important to you, is, is the love and the relationship only there some days or is it there every day? If you want to develop something in an organization, then you have to prioritize it and the people have to see that it's important to leadership. And only then does it become important to them. Where the head goes, the body flows. So what we help organizations do is build 
ongoing systems that allow them to prioritize their culture and continue to work on a daily basis, even doing small things. It's not always large activities, but they measure where they are. We implement on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to, to continue to fine tune on that culture. And then we measure again down the line to see what progress we're making and to see where we're excelling and where we're struggling and what changes we need to make. But it's an ongoing, never-ending process. And that's what delivers an amazing culture. And I will tell you, we have seen over and over and over again, this always connects to the bottom line. Companies that invest in their people, that invest in their culture, that build an amazing culture that prioritizes accountability, and that ultimately will drive ethics and compliance, will always outperform financially the companies that come up short. Sam, a major issue around ethics and compliance uh, is alternatively returned to uh, are called speak up, uh, hotline reporting, uh, communications and messaging to compliance. How does accountability really allow, not simply allow, but build a speak up culture within an organization? So what happens is one of the things that flows from a culture that that inspires accountability, that prioritizes accountability, that's led by accountable leaders is is safety is is improved. And now physical safety is improved, but that's not the safety I'm talking about. It's the emotional safety. And so the idea is there needs to be an environment where people felt heard, where they know they have a voice at the table, where they are valued. And when that's the case, then they're willing to open their mouth because there's no uh, th- there's no penalty for speaking up. And that is one of the the strongest outflows from this culture that prioritizes accountability. Um, and so you have to be able to, if you want to speak up uh, culture, if you want an environment where people are going to open their mouth, it has to be based on accountability. I wanted to let everyone know that we will um, make this recording available uh, to all attendees. But Sam, I wanted to uh, maybe ask you to give some final thoughts, uh, what we might be able to offer some of uh, or all of the uh, attendees to this event and what steps we can all take together to move forward in accountability. Well, and, and I appreciate that. And that's the key is, uh, you know, first of all, for everyone that's here today, um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Tom appreciates that. We appreciate that. But the question becomes is, is how do we implement? How do we make a difference in the organization? Because that's the, that's the only real change that comes about is through that Im- implementation. And the key here is, is I, I think the key really is, is that is what Tom and I do is tie your ethics and compliance program to accountability. What we've discovered is the real driver. And we know how to, how to, how to build that inside of a culture. And especially with the DOJ um, mandating the work that needs to be done on culture. So what I would recommend at this point, what we've decided that we're doing for those of you that are here today is simply this. We want to give you a 30-minute organizational cultural consult and be able to deep dive into those issues that you're facing and share one-on-one because these some of these things are, are personal and they're unique and you need some advice on how to move forward. And so we're willing to, to give to you this 30-minute deep dive consult, the consultation with the hopes that we can share some specific ideas for you to move forward. Now, if you'd if you'd like to talk about how we can help you with that, we'd love to have that conversation. One of the best ways to start this journey is with is with our accountability assessment. The accountability assessment will allow us to help you measure accountability throughout your organization. And then either with you or with other leaders, we can have the conversation of where accountability is working, where it's not working. And then when they see it in black and white, it positions you to be able to make the decisions to get the budgetary requirements that you need to go about making the changes that you wanna make. So uh, shortly after this, this 
forum concludes, you'll receive an email and the email will have a link for a three question uh, survey. Basically, it's going to ask you three questions. It's going to take about 60 seconds. And the third question is, do you want to have a consult? And just click off if you want to have a consult and you want us to talk to you further and about how we could potentially help you in achieving a, a stronger culture that prioritizes accountability. You want to learn more about the accountability assessment, then then just Put your name and your email in there and say you want the consult and we will follow up with you. Um, it's implementation. You know, it, I read I read a lot of books. I attend a lot of seminars. But a long time ago, somebody said something really stuck home. The difference between what you don't know and do know is not near as great as the difference between what you know and what you do. It comes down to implementation. And that's where Tom and I really excel. It's not that we know how to connect ethics and compliance to accountability. We know how to comply with the government's uh, requirements. Um, we know how to help you execute in building that culture that you want so that your ethics and compliance program is, is doing amazing things and so that your organization is, seeing, is seen as a leader in those fields. And I would just echo that. I uh, would really love Sam, for Sam and I to have the opportunity to consult with you. I hope that through this executive forum today, you've seen the power of accountability and how now the government has mandated that you have to perform these actions around your culture and accountability can really take your organization uh, to the next level. So Sam, uh, once again, thank you for taking the time to visit uh, with all of us on this executive forum. And I, for one, uh, greatly look forward to continuing the conversation with you and uh, everyone who's been with us today. Yeah, abs absolutely. And thank you again, everyone, literally from around the world. Um, we're on a mission to help organizations build accountable cultures and drive ethics and compliance. You are the key to that. And so please, we would love to be a service to you. And we look forward to communicating with you and staying in touch in future forums. Everyone stay well. And that concludes today's executive forum. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks again for listening to this audio replay of the executive forum on ethics and compliance. If you would like to contact Sam Silverstein or myself about a free 30 minute consultation, please uh, email either one of us and we will get back to you. Also, please check out the podcast series accountability at the heart of compliance which is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Once again, you can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can reach Sam at sam at samsilverstein.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>